It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Moni Hardy, who connected me with Barb Sensley, shares her quilting story in this episode. I met Moni through the Christian Podcasters Association, and I have been enjoying her podcast called Moments with Moni. It was fun to chat about her life and her quilts. Moni, I'm so happy that you could join me today. Well, hi there, Paula. I am so glad to be with you. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, This is going to be fun. Let's start at the beginning. Where were you born and raised? Oh, let's see. I was born in California. I was born in actually Whittier, California, the same hospital where Nixon was born Hmm. and raised in Southgate, California, just across the tracks from Watts, Compton during the 60s and the riots during the desegregation time in Los Angeles County. Wow. Seems like such a long time ago, but... I guess it was. (laughs) Do you have a favorite childhood memory? Oh, a favorite childhood memory. Wow. You're asking me to go back a long way. (laughs) I guess playing in the park. Just something simple. You didn't have to worry about uh, children being out. We were out on our roller skates going around the block and going to play ball in the park with all the neighbor kids. It was a nice time to grow up until, you know, the 60s and the riots started. And then we had to stay indoors at six o'clock and the uh, National Guard would go around and make sure everybody was safe in their homes. Hmm. So, yeah, kind of good and bad at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about your employment? Yeah, I I think when I was a child, I always wanted to be a nurse or a teacher. So after we got married, I became a CNA, went to school for that, and really enjoyed it and specialized in Alzheimer's care. And then I began my ultimate career shortly thereafter as a homeschool teacher to our two sons. Oh, I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you... No, I homeschooled our five children. Nice. You have five. Yes. And how many grandchildren do you have? Seven. Good for you. Aren't they fun? They are. Yeah. All the work of parenting, and then you get to enjoy your grandchildren and still love on your children. We don't forget them. No. Do your kids live near you or have they moved away? One has moved to California. Mike is in Long Beach with his wife, and they're very busy working, and they get to come at Christmas a lot. So it's fun to see them and or a few other little trips here and there throughout the year. But my other son is here with his family, and he's the one with our eight grandchildren. So thankfully, they're close enough for us to visit. That's nice. That is neat. 
and they are homeschooling their children as well. My daughter tried it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it did not go so well for her. But it's it's hard work, isn't it? It it really is. It's funny cuz they put them in a Christian school and then this pandemic happened and they're back home and she's like I didn't <laughs> want to do this. <laughs> God had other plans for me. <laughs> Okay, we'll have to pray for her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really, the timing was perfect because um, when they put them in school, they found out their youngest had leukemia, and so they had a lot of trips to the hospital in, during oh. that time. So the Lord works everything out. He does. He does. <laughs> yeah, I'll be praying for that as well. Yeah, she's, she's good. She's over her chemo and just amazing. Good. Glad to hear it. Okay. Tell me about where you live now. Oh, I live in gorgeous North Idaho, about an hour east of Spokane, Washington, and two hours south from the Canadian border. I'm not talking about Iowa. That's on the other side of the country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A lot of people get Idaho and Iowa mixed up. I'm in huckleberry picking country with blue skies and green forests and cold rivers and lakes and amazing people, but you probably don't want to move here because, you know, there's really nothing to see. Just keep moving <laughs> along. <laughs> but you please come visit oh, when all of this is over. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I actually have a brother-in-law in Boise, and I did look to see how close, and that's still way south of you. Yes, Idaho, we're that long, tall state, so he's about eight hours, I think, or more south of us. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole another day of travel to get up here. Mm -hmm. But it is a beautiful drive. It is. So part yeah. of what you're doing now is you also have a podcast. Tell me about Moments with Moni. I do. Yeah, I just noticed I was looking at your website, and you have almost been doing this for a whole year, A Quilter's Life. You started it. The first podcast was... July 12th yeah. last year. So you're almost at your year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I started in January. God laid this on my heart in January of this year. And I didn't know why it kind of seemed like really a podcast. Okay. And then all of this, you know, the world changed. And now I see most definitely how and why God is using us through the Christian Podcasters Association to share a very important message. Moments with Moni is a little bit of everything. Right now I'm going through a Bible series on the Song of Solomon, trying to make that come alive so that people will be thirsty for God's word and that it would give them some light in this dark world. And then on Friday nights, I share different feature series like on kindness or special stories or interviews. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm still learning. It's new to me. It's only been not even six months yet. Yeah, truly enjoying it and getting to know you through this. Yeah, you do a wonderful job with it. I enjoy listening to your podcast. Thank you. And I enjoy listening to yours, too. You actually interviewed one of my friends a while back, Barb Sinsley. And it was fun to listen to that episode, too. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me her name and letting me contact her. That was a fun episode. 
if people haven't listened to that, they need to go back and hear her story. Yes, yes, she's a very sweet lady. Mm -hmm. Okay, before we get on to quilting, are there other crafts or hobbies that you do? Yeah, I think you touched on my ENFP personality. We are people that kind of do a little bit of everything. So cross-stitch, crochet, gardening, genealogy, making my own herbal tinctures, embroidery, red work, making jewelry. But after a motorcycle injury, oh, a few years back, three years now, that left me with only one good arm to work with for a while. So oh, no. my passion became acrylic painting while listening to Bible studies. Wow. That was back on tape before I knew podcasts. Uh-huh. And I, I couldn't do much. So the guilt of just sitting there was alleviated and created a lovely, quiet, creative time during that time. And then now um, to help me heal better, because it wasn't working from that accident, my husband and I decided to move from our two-story home of about 17 years where we raised our sons and downsized to a much smaller rancher. But that left a lot less room to have creative messes. So after praying about it, my focus was to be on writing. And because of the writing, that threw me into podcasting because I realized I was going to need uh, some kind of an outlet for the writing to be able to share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how's that for just a few little other hobbies? <laughs> That's a long list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have focused it and narrowed it down now to writing and podcasting because there's not a lot of room here for the other things. Yeah. Except, you know, we pull it all out, all the supplies when the grandchildren come visit. So that's fun. Yeah. Tell me about who introduced you to quilting. Hmm. I think it was myself. I, I don't remember anybody in my life ever, ever seeing that. The second wonderful dad that raised me, I had two he bought a 1970s Singer sewing machine. It was brand new back then for all of us girls in the family, my mom and and sisters. I was the only one interested in using it. So when I moved out, dad gave me the sewing machine and I sewed my own clothing, curtains for the home and attempted quilting at that time. Years later, I picked up more of the quilting skills in church quilting groups. So I think that's where I learned a little bit more about it. You'd be surprised at how many people say they don't have a specific person. Well, I am surprised because, yeah, it took me a while to Mm -hmm. realize uh, nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite quilt or quilt pattern? A favorite quilt. Hmm. I have two favorite quilts, and they're the only two I have in the house because I've given everything else away. They're hand-stitched by my husband's grandmother. It's a wedding ring pattern. And then the other one is just a, I, I don't know what it's called, but it, they're like little one-inch squares mm-hmm. on one side. And all of these are from fabric that she used to make her daughter's clothing. Wow. Yeah, so that's a that's a real legacy for this family. And then I also have some, leftover quilting blocks that she made. They're all hand-stitched. I went to go visit my mother-in-law one day, and she had them all in a box that she was going to take to Goodwill. 
And I said, wait, can I have those? <laughs> so I rescued them and I still have them. I've made a few little pillows out of them for sister-in-laws so that we each have something from it. But I'd also like to make some things out of it for my granddaughters. Because I think since that's hand-stitched, you really need to make something hand-stitched with it. Okay. Is, is that right? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's correct. I think I've researched at least that much. Yeah, you have beautiful pictures of quilts on your website. Oh, thank you. All the things that you've made over the years. Yeah. I especially like the uh, picnic basket presentation. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Since my oldest son went off to college, I'd been saying, it's probably the last year we'll be able to spend Christmas together. You know, they grow up and they keep wanting to come home. It, oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> it is good. I didn't want to have that expectation, so it's been funny. You know, with everyone busy and in-laws and all that, we've pretty much gone to having our Christmas on Martin Luther King Day. Oh, nice. Which gives me a little extra time and we can shop after the big rush and all that. Yes, all the Christmas sales. Yeah. Yeah, very smart. <laughs> but even with that extra time, I finished the last quilt for that just minutes before the first one walked in the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the case, isn't it? <laughs> so when you're quilting, do you have a favorite tool? Hands down, my rotary cutter. What a lifesaver that has been. Sure saves my hands these days rather than the scissors. Yeah. Especially, you know, back when I had three guys in the house, I ended up having to buy pink scissors just so they wouldn't touch my fabric <laughs> scissors. <laughs> I'm sure every mom has a story like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now I hide my rotary cutter. Oh, they would even use that, huh? Oh, I'm sure they would. Yeah, to cut wire. <laughs> It's just my husband now, though, so I would know it was him. Yeah. But he has his own tools. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> We're all good now. <laughs> so what is your favorite part of the overall process? Oh, I saw that you posted a picture of the binding, mm -hmm. making the binding and putting it all together. That is not it. That's <laughs> my least favorite. I think the design process and piecing it together is my favorite. It's like making a puzzle. And I, I love to watch the process yeah. come together. Uh -huh. It's fun to gather all the fabric and see it in my mind. The newest projects I had planned are um, making some more clothing. I'm very tall and can never find skirts that are long enough for my liking. But another planned project shh, for Christmas <laughs> is um, some scrappy scarves. I saw a picture of that online once. It's a mix and match of quilting scraps and fabric and different kinds of materials and textures like lace and buttons, fabric, flowers, and beads. Kind of a great way to use up all the supplies I have saved up over all the years. And I love scarves because the weather around here can change every 20 minutes or so. So it's an easy thing to use and keep with you. Neat. Yeah. Well, you just won't let your family listen to this till after Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's okay. If they hear it, it's all right. <laughs> Do you have a worst quilting experience? 
I don't think so. I don't think I've had any catastrophic quilting fail. Um, none of us is perfect, though, so how can our quilts be perfect? Right. Right. Yeah, no, I don't think so. You know, if I got a piece, a top piece together and I really didn't know what to do, I've passed it on to somebody else mm-hmm. to finish up. Yeah. So I think I've avoided the catastrophic fail <laughs> by doing that. Uh, why do you make quilts? Huh. Well, I think the first one I made was for a wall hanging. I had some fabric blocks of rainbow trout, and I thought it would look good on the wall when we get to Idaho, just before we moved here. Mm-hmm. And I have some quilting blocks that my husband's grandmother, like I told you, hand-stitched from those clothing scraps that she made for her girls. So I think... Well, you know, with grandchildren coming into the picture, it's going to be a legacy for them. But I have eight. I think I've only made three so far. (laughs) (laughs) I better get moving. (laughs) Time is precious, isn't it? It is. It really is. I'll have to teach the girls how to sew so they can make their own quilts now, huh? But it's a little more difficult for me now with the one shoulder from the uh, accident, motorcycle accident. Don't ride motorcycles, people. Just don't. <laughs> I went off a cliff and down and oh, no. landed on the ground, and the bike landed on top of me. And I, I've been sore for years and still walk with a cane, but uh, the left shoulder just isn't strong enough to really handle those big sheets of fabric to do a large one. I'd love to do a big quilt for our own bed, but I think these smaller projects is probably what I'm going to have to stick with for a while until it heals better. Wow. That's okay. You know, we do what we can do. Right. Who do you make your quilts for? Grandchildren. (laughs) Right now, that's, you know, what Mm -hmm. I would be doing. In the past, I made lap quilts for area nursing homes, blankets for pregnancy centers. I think that's it at the church quilting bees that we had we all worked together and did those lately i've been making masks for neighbors that are nurses to be able to use in the hospitals but those haven't been quilted just layered right you know have you made any i've only made a few Mm -hmm. basically for myself and guthrie and one for my mom with everything going on Mm -hmm. I still work and do the podcast. I've even avoided going in and quilting somewhat because I felt guilty about not making masks. But there were so many decisions to make, you know, what thickness of fabric, you know, pocket, no pocket, um, what pattern. There was just a lot of decisions, and I seemed to be only able to handle so many decisions a day. Oh, I so understand. And I'm glad that you're in that good, healthy place of being able to say no to something. Because as women, sometimes we just can't do that. And guilt, anytime we say guilt, we know that's from the enemy. Mm-hmm. So throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the couple I made, I made from orphan quilt blocks. So I think they're kind of cute. Orphan quilt block. What is that? It's when you have extra blocks that you ended up not using in your quilt. Oh. Or if you made it like 
one of the ones I used, I made a sample to see if my sizing was right before I cut into the fabric I was going to use for the quilt. Mm-hmm. So it was just a square. I, I didn't know what I would use it for. So I cut it up with the pattern and made a mask out of it. Oh, nice. How about a tip? What tip would you give to other quilters? Like anything else, I think for me, my personality is I have to get it all figured out in my head first and, you know, see the project from beginning to end and have it all planned out before I start. I learned, you know, jump in, get moving. God can't steer a parked car. Well, he can do anything, but yeah, we need to dive in, you know, life is short. Dive in, don't stress, have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, and then life tips. Our lives might seem like a patchwork quilt at the moment, but trust God with all of your moments because he loves you and he is coming back for his bride very soon. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm curious, do you have a favorite color you like to work with? Yes. Oh, ever since I started painting, the turquoise and purple, the two of them combined. I'd have to say purple is my favorite, but I love seeing the two and how they interact. So a lot of the paintings that I did were really vivid with that. And then also in the fabrics as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, I think those surprise projects may have some of that in it. But then, you know, other people like other colors too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite color? Anything but pink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we I have had, to agree. <laughs> we had a group at church. We were doing exercises, and they went around, and they were supposed to say their colors, and it was pink, pink, pink. And it got to me, and it was like anything but pink. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a rebel, Paula. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> <laughs> but I still make pink quilts for nieces that need their little pink quilts. Oh, that's sweet. Very sweet of you. After I got married, we moved to Redding, which to me is Northern California. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the last bathroom stop before Oregon there. Yeah, it was always hot in Redding. Hmm. But the they had beautiful lakes there too. I remember 120 degrees. And when you're done with work, you race to the lake and jump off the rope swing. Wow. It was fun. Can you tell me how you met your husband? Yes, I was working at a home supply type store, and my dad was actually the manager there. And my dad called me in to help with inventory, and that's when I met my husband, soon-to-be husband, because he was already working there. Mm-hmm. Just got to know each other there. It was a couple of years before we got married, but it was nice. Nice to work together, get to know each other first. Right. Yeah. We've been married 38 years now. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I thought that was a long time until I was in shopping somewhere oh, last summer. And I was telling this older lady about, yeah, today's our anniversary. I'm just picking up a few things and, you know, married 37 years. And she says, oh, that's that's a nice start. We've been married 68 years. Wow. Nice. Okay. Yes. 
so I asked her, how, how did you stay married for that long? Uh, not that I'm planning on running oh, away yeah. or anything. No. But <laughs> and she says, it's Jesus. And I said, amen. It is just Jesus. It's grace yeah. because we're all sinners. And in and of ourselves, we can't make this work. Mm-hmm. But God sure does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just celebrated 40 years. I guess I guess it's actually coming up on 41. This year has gone so fast. Yeah, so when's your anniversary? August. August which? Which day? 25th. Oh, ours is August 7th. So I was going to say, yeah, ours is coming up. So I'll <laughs> soon be 39. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You will have a legacy for all of your family with all these quilts. Oh, the, most of them go to nieces and nephews. Yeah, um, how sweet. My own kids. Don't, that's why they got the picnic ones. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that's okay. Yeah. They appreciate that from you. They do. Yeah, everybody's different, aren't they? Each child is different. E- having eight grandchildren, I can really see that now. No, you know, certainly with two sons, you can see their polar opposites at times. Yeah. And yet we're such good friends growing up. But then now with eight grandchildren, my goodness, each one is so different. And I mean, God made us all different that way. So I, I like to see or look for the best in each one of them, as well as all the people that I meet. We're all different. And that's okay. That's good. And that shines through in your podcast and when you speak that you're looking for the best. It's just a blessing to hear you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Praise God, because he's put words in my head and heart that just can't stay inside. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you know, it's got to come out. (laughs) Glad it's a blessing to others. It really is. Yeah, and so is yours. Like you said, um, can't remember if we did it before we started recording, but the podcast that you are creating for everybody will be a legacy for their family as well. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much for this opportunity. Well, thank you for joining me. It's so good to have you on here today. Thank you. God bless you, Paula. Thank you. So glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilter's Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.